Good day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you have joined us. One of the really ironic tensions around the COVID-19 pandemic is the contrast between the dry numbers that we think about each day when we think about how many people we're losing to this disease and the personal side of it when tragedy strikes close to home. Today is one of the days where that contrast struck me more than a lot of other days. The official numbers nationwide right now are at 83,000 people who have died from COVID-19 or COVID-19-related illnesses. And here in the state of Michigan, we have passed the 4,600 mark. 4,600 Michiganders have lost their lives. And when you think about those numbers, it's very easy to, to kind of forget about how each one of those numbers, each one of the people who makes up those numbers is somebody's friend, someone's father or mother, someone's sister or cousin. Maybe they're a community leader, a person of strength, someone resolute in their commitment to their neighbors and their love for their communities. These are the kind of people we need more of in the world, and now there are fewer of them, fewer of them every day. That's true for Amy Stevens, who was the Michigan woman who was at the center of a landmark transgender employment rights case, who was a guest on this show last year. She died from complications related to kidney failure yesterday at age 59. And that was also true of longtime Detroit lawmaker Morris Hood III, who represented the city in the state house from 2002 to 2008 and in the state senate from 2011 to 2018. Hood passed away from complications from COVID-19 on Monday at age 54. He is the second Detroit lawmaker to fall victim to the disease. State Representative Isaac Robinson, of course, died in March at age 44. Mo Hood came from a family with a long history of public service. His father, Morris Hood Jr., represented Detroiters in the legislature for 27 years and was, for anybody who lived in this city uh, in the 70s and 80s and 90s, a household name. Before the state legislature left Lansing for Christmas break back in 2013, though, the younger Morris Hood addressed his colleagues on the House floor after a session day that was filled with vitriol and anger between Senate Democrats and Republicans. But instead of adding fuel to that political fire, he talked about how this would be the first Christmas without his deceased wife. He urged everyone in the Senate chamber that day to hold their loved ones close and reminded them that tomorrow is never guaranteed. Take advantage of every day that you have. Help someone else out. Love someone else. Love someone else that you don't even know. Because we're all running in a dark room, full speed at a brick wall, and you don't know when you're gonna hit it. You know at nighttime when you get up and it's dark in the house and you kind of feel your way, through the house and you don't want to run into anything, but think about running at it at full speed and you don't know when you're going to hit it. And you're running at it. Everybody in here is running at that brick wall. B 
be prepared for it. Don't have the regrets that I had from the last Christmas saying, I should have, I could have, I would have. Do it now and take the time to love everyone because that's the way God wanted to be. Shake a hand, give a hug. Take this Christmas, take this time to do that because you don't know what's gonna be looking forward the next Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of you. Thank you, Madam President. Now, that applause you hear there is coming from both sides of the aisle in the state Senate chamber, something you almost never experience in Lansing. And that speech, I think, really reflects better than almost anything else we could have shared with you this morning who Morris Hood III was. Just a really solid, decent man who wanted to uplift his city and his neighbors and his friends and his colleagues in Lansing. He was beloved by Democrats and Republicans alike. One of the good guys, a former colleague wrote, and of course, Mohood will be deeply missed. Joining us now to talk more about Mohood III and his legacy of uh, service and absolute uh, uh, decency is State Senator Curtis Hertel Jr. He's a Democrat from East Lansing who represents Michigan's 23rd State Senate District. He is a former colleague of Mohood III in the Senate. Uh, Curtis, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me on. Also with us is former State Senator Jeff Hansen, who is a Republican from Hart, who represented Michigan's 34th State Senate District from 2011 to 2018, and he served with Mohood that entire time. Jeff Hansen, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. So, uh, Curtis Hertel, I know you've got, uh, you've got some business to take care of uh, this morning, but I really appreciate you coming by. Um, what should people know about who Mohood was and what his present meant in the state Senate when you were serving together? You know, Mo was a, a consummate public servant. Um, he was passionate about what he cared about and what he was fighting for. Uh, but he loved people. And so um, he would uh, give his passionate speeches. He would say his piece. Um, and, uh, but, he, but he never took that personally afterwards. He was old school in that sense. You know, a lot of legislators, um, you know, we, Mo and I both had a lot to, to live up to. Uh, we had a legacy of our family's history. Yes. And, and for some people, that's a burden. Uh, for some people, um, it, it's the only thing that they'll have when they go uh, there. Um, and for some people, uh, like Morris, um, it's a responsibility and something to to build upon, and and not, not nothing that he wore as a badge of of, of honor, but more of a badge of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so, um, he added to that legacy. Mm-hmm. Too often, we see, I think, sometimes people take away from the legacies that their families create. Mm-hmm. Um, he added to the legacy. He was 
a, a uh, just a just a wonderful legislator and friend, and he will be truly missed. Yeah, uh, uh, talk some about the personal friendship you developed with uh, with Mo over the years. So I was I was very close to his father. My dad was very close to his father. Um, we weren't. Um, I, di- I didn't know Mo as a child. Um, Mo was 13 years older than I was. So uh, I used to play hide and go seek in the Capitol. But uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, his, my dad and his dad were very close. And so uh, when I was legislative liaison for the Department of Health and Human Services, uh, I started getting close to uh, Morris. Uh, who was on the Appropriations Committee then. Um, and then when I decided to run for Senate, um, he was one of the first legislators I met with and asked for his endorsement. And it was a fun meeting because uh, he was like, you know, I don't usually endorse other people's seats, and, you know, other senators haven't endorsed yet. And uh, the governor, who, uh, uh, the now governor, it was her seat, and she hasn't endorsed me yet. And so we're sitting there having lunch, and I, I just looked at him and said, uh, yeah, I wonder, I, you know, I had to call my dad after this. He was so excited about this meeting. And he just looks at me. He goes, you know I'm going to endorse you. And he had that little smile, <laughs> that little smirk he would always get. Um, because even though it wasn't politically probably the right thing to do, he knew it was the right thing to do because of, uh, you know, he knew me, and he knew my. He, he knew uh, our joint legacy. So, I mean, uh, but that's what Morris was. Morris did the right thing. He didn't think about the politics of anything or any of those things. He did what he thought was right all the time. You know, I, I think about when when he was in surgery for um, for for getting for uh, uh, his kidneys. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the article in the paper that day is is, the, is one of the most Morris things I've ever seen. It, it wasn't talking about himself or his fears or his hopes or any of those things. He talked about the fact that he was lamenting and that he couldn't be in Lansing to because there was a fight going on to protect teacher pensions and he couldn't be there. I mean, is there anything more Morris hood than that? I mean, <laughs> right, right. that that he the, the the public service was still the front thing on his mind as he was going in to get a second chance on life. There. They don't make him like Morris Hood, um, and and he will be surely missed. Yeah, uh, State Senator Curtis Hartel Jr. As I said, I know that you have to run to uh, another obligation, but I really am glad that uh, that you were here to talk about your friend and colleague uh, Morris Hood the third. Thank you. Thank uh, you for being here. Uh, you know, I mean, I, the, the the good news. Um, you know, we used to always talk about my dad and his dad. Uh, Bert and Leland up in heaven at a tiki bar uh, <laughs> looking down at their sons. And uh, I hope Morris is getting to have a drink with all of them. Sitting there with them, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I when, it, when at the end of the session, I told him, uh, I said, your dad would be proud. And he said the same thing to me. And uh, I'm glad he, I, I, I'm, I am glad they get to spend some time together now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Senator Hotel, thanks very much for Thank being you. with us. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Hansen, uh, former state senator from Hart, uh, you worked with Senator Hood on a number of bills, even though you're a Republican and he was a Democrat. That's something I think we all hope would happen frequently in Lansing. But of course, the reality is often quite different. Talk about your working relationship with Mo Hood and your personal relationship with him as well. 
Well, you know, I'd like to start kind of with my personal relationship because we did become very, very close uh, through the entire thing because um, when Angie, his wife, was uh, sick with cancer, my son was going through cancer at the same time, and we spent a lot of time talking and lamenting together. And, you know, when I lost my son, he was right there, first guy, you know, just a hug. And so when... When Angie started going downhill, we had a lot of discussions, um, and ultimately, of course, he lost Angie, and it just kind of cemented the closeness that we had. And we always did mm-hmm. phone calls, texts, things like that, and uh, we were we just continued to be close even after we got out. If I would visit Detroit for something, I'd call him. We'd have dinner, lunch, just to kind of catch up on things and even after even after we got out of the legislature we were still calling every once in a while just to see how each other were and um mo was the kind of guy that when well we harassed each other a lot because even in my final speech it was you know mo i've been to detroit probably 20 to 25 times you have not come to visit me yet (laughs) and so after after the speech, he comes up and says, "You just you'd be surprised." And and I had a party for my uh, supporters up here before the end, just to say thank you. And Morris drove up from Detroit for that, and uh, spent the evening with my supporters and me at, at, a, at a party uh, right up here in Hart. And it was just a it was just a, a really great night. And he he was glad that he came up he got to meet a lot of wonderful people and everybody was so happy that he was here it was a it was a great time Mm -hmm. Uh, so you were the original lead sponsor of the the legislation in 2016 that reordered the structure of public schools here in detroit and you worked really closely with detroit lawmakers including senator hood uh, to pass a bipartisan bill out of the state senate um, you notably opposed the final bill because it undid a lot of the work that you did with that. Uh, Mo Hood called Republican supporters cowards in his floor speech about the final bill. Talk about that moment and the work you did with Morris on that legislation. It, it, it was a very strange moment uh, in the legislature. You had a lot of very intense feelings uh, on on both sides of the issue, and you had these kinds of anomalies where two Two legislators from different parties who'd worked together were equally dissatisfied with uh, with what came out of it. Morris was a, a huge, you know, a huge help, and he was the person that go one of the one of the people I'd go to with a lot of the questions because I wanted to make sure that as we went through and built this legislation, it wasn't my legislation from Hart, Michigan, or from Lansing because it had to do with Detroit schools. And I wanted the people from Detroit to have a voice. And that's why I spent a lot of time going down and and visiting with all the people that I could. And then I would take in all of the information I could. And then I'd sit down with Mo and go, tell me what you think of these things as we go through, move them around. He was uh, very instrumental in helping me to put things together. Um, It was, you know, being friends, we could go out have dinner or, or or whatever, just 
go down and sit in his office and say, help me understand what we're trying to do here to make sure that we're doing this correctly because we want to make sure that we give you the best possible product that we can. Mm. He was so helpful in that. You know, a lot of times legislators who are able to work across the aisle or make real relationships across the aisle get criticized by people in their own parties for doing that. And and they get cast as people who are not strong advocates for their own for their own side or for their own constituents. I've always thought that. Mo was a real exception to that kind of criticism. I don't remember people in Detroit, for instance, uh, thinking that that his ability to relate to people who weren't from here, to relate to people who didn't come from the same political party or from the same political background, you know, he, people weren't critical of him for that. And I, I always thought that was yet again, kind of a special quality that, that he had and something you just don't see in Lansing. No, and, and Mo, he transcended the parties. It wasn't about the party. It was about what's right for Detroit. He was watching out for the people. He wanted to make sure that the right things were done. He wanted to make sure in the, in the schools that the children got what they needed to make sure that they were able to be successful in their lives. Mm-hmm. It was... It was, uh, I wouldn't trade the time for anything, the time that I spent either in Detroit or working on that. It, it was frustrating for sure at times just because of the, the way things were going. But the friendships that I that came out of that between uh, Morris Hood and Dave Knizic was a, was a huge help also as we went through there and trying to make sure that we're we're crafting something that actually made a difference, that actually moved the ball forward rather than just another an, a, another thing that came from Lansing telling people what to do. Mm. I wanted to make sure that this was a Detroit solution, not a Lansing solution. Okay. Former State Senator Jeff Hansen, Republican from Hart. It was really great to have you here to help us remember Senator... Morris Hood III. Thanks very much. Thank you. It's just a huge loss for the entire state. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to catch up with Chad Livengood of Cranes Detroit Business to discuss the state's unemployment trust fund, which is being drained really fast because of the number of people who are out of work because of the pandemic. Question is, how long will it last and what happens if it runs out? Stay with us on Detroit Today. I want to welcome someone else to this conversation and kind of go back to the topic where we started the hour, which was remembering former State Senator Morris Hood III. Uh, joining us now is former representative, state representative, Fred Durhall III, who uh, has known Mo Hood for a very long time, is a very close friend of his. Uh, Fred, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you uh, for having me this morning, Stephen. How are you? I'm, I'm good. Uh, and I, I first want to extend my personal condolences to you. I know how close the two of you were. Uh, yeah. Talk about losing 
your friend and former colleague? Well, you know, it's just it's, it's very tough, uh, very disheartening. Uh, you know, first of all, um, through all of this going through COVID-19, there are a lot of people when, who have lost a lot of loved ones, and my heart goes out to them. Uh, I think as a former legislator, a former policymaker, uh, sometimes we try to push through for solutions, and it doesn't really hit home until it's somebody that's close, like a colleague or former colleague. Uh, and so when it, when you hear about Isaac, Representative Isaac Robertson, who was, you know, uh, recent before Mo Hood, mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously uh, former Senator Hood, it just, it tears your heart out to your chest. Yeah. Uh, you both were sons of former legislators who joined the legislator and, and you know, had to come and try to fill those big shoes. Uh, talk about how that bonded the two of you. I mean, I know you knew each other long before you were in the legislature, but that had to have changed the relationship between you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it was a strong relationship between uh, Senator Hood and I, uh, based on the fact that, you know, uh, my predecessor, obviously, in the legislature was my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, it wasn't his direct predecessor, but Mo's father, uh, who was Morris Hood, the uh, second was an icon uh, in Detroit politics. And so that was a bond that we shared together uh, pretty much. And coming into the legislature, we'd be able to talk about old times and obviously a lot of the tutelage and lessons uh, and legislative acumen that we gained from our fathers. Uh, So it was really, you know, just a really strong bond on that part. Yeah. Uh, One of the things that I think anyone who ever met Mo took away from him was this incredible sense of decency and openness and open-mindedness that uh, that helped him I think make relationships outside of the party that he was a part of outside of the place that he was from uh, talk about your friend as this sort of bridge to to other parts of of our world and and how important that was well mo definitely was a bridge to the community uh you know i can say uh, and this is you know just not saying giving somebody their flowers now i I believe he deserved his flowers while he was alive mo was very active in the community i Mm -hmm. mean uh, we shared a part of our districts that overlapped him in the state senate and me in the house uh, and Mo was at every community meeting. You know, he was down to earth. He was the guy that was there listening. You know, I would tease Mo often uh, when I come to a lot of these community meetings. I'm wearing a suit, and Mo would be there dressed in sometimes a jean, uh, <laughs> jeans, and, and a fleece. Uh, but that's just the type of guy that Mo Hood was. The senator was just really down to earth, really in touch with the people, and was able to bridge the gap. You know, he was a former uh, member, worked at Ford. Uh, even prior to him being in the legislature. And so he just comes from that hardworking mindset uh, and was just really in touch with the people. Yeah. Uh, you you referenced this earlier, but of course we are being absolutely battered here in the city of Detroit by coronavirus and the the losses. I mean, it, it is amazing to me that, uh, that so many of us have not just kind of broken down over, over, how constant uh, it is uh, as a former representative of of this city uh, in Lansing. Uh, tell us how that is is landing on you. Oh, 
I, I mean, I think the impact of the coronavirus, particularly uh, on the city of Detroit, uh, has just been, you know, really, really huge. Uh, you know, I was having a discussion with a friend yesterday of just how many folks we knew who was who were who were connected, uh, who either had COVID nineteen or connected to someone who had COVID nineteen, uh, and you know coming from the city of Detroit, which is, you know, as they would say, a hot spot, uh, particularly in Michigan, uh, it, it, it's just disheartening. And, and so uh, the impact is huge. Uh, and then on a level, uh, as far as uh, government is concerned, I think our governor is doing all that she possibly can do mm-hmm. uh, within our power to ensure that everybody is safe. You know, it's been really political uh, and, and somewhat politicized by other folks, but I think, uh, and knowing uh, Governor Whitmer very well, I think she's done a really good job uh, as best she can, as well as the mayor, uh, to try to contain uh, the spread of the COVID-19. But I think this is unlike something we've all, you know, we've we've never experienced this mm-hmm. before. So, you know, what do you do? Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Former Representative Fred Durhall III. Again, I'm very sorry about the loss of your friend and former colleague, Mo Hood III, but thank you very much for being here with us. Thank you very much for having me, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, also, Chad Livengood, senior editor at Crane's Detroit Business. It is always great to have you here to talk with us about uh, the things that you're writing about. Thank you for being here as well. Thanks for having me. All right, that's going to do it for us today. I'll be back tomorrow for a conversation about the influx of visitors at parks in and around Detroit and what efforts are being made to provide for bigger crowds amid the still-going-on pandemic. Plus, we're going to talk with Detroit native and recent Pulitzer Prize winner, playwright Michael R. Jackson. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk more tomorrow.